You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. There's a lot more punks than there was four years earlier, but there was also as many posers. Posers were people that looked like punks, but they did it for fashion. Welcome to SLC Punks, a Utah jazz podcast brought to you by the staff of SLC Dunk. Now here's your hosts, Michael Lohman and James Hansen. Alright guys, welcome back to the SLC Punks podcast. The podcast with correct opinions about the Utah Jazz. My name is Hanson James. And this is Milo, who has all the wrong opinions about the Utah Jazz. <laughs> no. No, we are right almost all the time, except for when I'm talking about uh, trades uh, for Josh Smith for Paul Millsap. <laughs> I am right 100% of the time when I'm right. <laughs> That's right. And when I'm wrong, we wrong, don't hear I'm, about I'm, it. I, yeah, you don't hear about it 100% of the time. Stats, analytics... But I will tell you this. We are going to be honest with you guys no matter what. And we are going to guide you through all the different options for the Utah Jazz, kind of the smart moves, the wrong moves. Sometimes it'll be uncomfortable. Sometimes it'll be warm and fuzzy. But right now the Jazz have lost nine of their last 11. And things are not looking too – like things are going to get much better in terms of this season. uh, Not too rosy. This month. Yeah, it's just – the, the next 15 games for the Utah Jazz are going to be pretty rough. And we want to talk today about that 15-game stretch. But I think we also kind of want to talk about kind of what are the next steps for the Utah Jazz. Because the Jazz are kind of at a crossroads right now. Uh, they've lost three – like, for example, the last three games the Jazz have played have been against teams where really it was kind of a toss-up. You could see the Jazz winning. You could see the Jazz losing. The Jazz have lost all three. And – it's not going to get any easier on this 15-game stretch. Where do you want to go, Milo? Do you want to talk about the 15-game stretch? Do you want to talk about trade deadline? Well, let's talk about the 15-game stretch first, and then that, that will lead okay. us into the trade deadline to give a little context. So the f- last 15-game stretch, and you could even say 16 games, they've only, they've only won three games since December 4th. So today it's the almost the 8th. So we're, we've gone... Th- We've gone 33 days, soon to be 34 days, without um, with only three wins, um, but yeah. with 13 losses. That's a uh, cause for concern. And I, back in December 4th, they they had just rattled off a six-game winning streak, their longest of this of the season. And at this point, right now, it looks like it will keep that designation for the rest of the year. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it, things were kind of falling into place, but it see, but at that point, like. It didn't seem like it was sustainable either because you had Ricky Rubio out of the lineup a lot of times. But now looking back on that, it's like oh, that probably could have been part of the reason. You had it wasn't it's actually that is true. Like <laughs> might be helpful. Yeah, um, Hal Neto was healthy and playing really good ball as backup. Um, mm-hmm. You had Gobert was out. Derek Favors was playing some of the best basketball of his career. 
um, he, he was regularly getting, he had, I think, what, three 2010 games during that stretch or close to 2010 games. He was. He was tearing it up and he, pick he and roll. He was tearing and... up. Yeah, he was He was playing great. Jonas was, was playing great. He had Tabo playing great. Alec Burks was playing some of the best ball of the season at that point. And, and, and Hood was playing great off the bench. Like, it was, it was coming together. Mm-hmm. Um, but then Ricky Rubio returned back to the lineup. Rudy Gobert got healthy, and the Utah Jazz played that terrible... What is... Known what is the worst starting lineup in the NBA? If you don't believe me, look at all the lineups and look at lineups that have been used regularly. And the Utah Jazz have the worst lineup in the NBA that has been used one of the most, and that is that Ricky Rubio, Donovan Mitchell, Joe Ingles, Derek Favors, Rudy Gobert lineup. And the reason for it is we know Donovan Mitchell, we know Rudy Gobert, we know Derek Favors, we know Joe Ingles, and even Ricky Rubio to a point. They're all good players, but they don't mesh and they don't fit all together. They're not the type. It's just not, and especially in this type of NBA, fast moving and and uh, and the way opposing teams are playing offense and just lighting it up from three. That that offense is just going to kill you. So and now and now Rudy Gobert went hurt. So you you lost defense. You know. He lost a really good defensive player. And during that six-game winning streak, they actually were playing middle-of-the-pack defense. They weren't too bad. Uh-huh. Since then, since December 4th, the Utah Jazz have the third-to-worst defense in the NBA, the second-to-worst offense in the NBA. They're getting outscored. Um, they've been outscored in this stretch by an average of 9.4 points per game. Mm-hmm. So... At the end of the day, you're looking at this team and you're wondering, yeah, if this is if this is where we're leading, say Gobert comes back, that's yeah. going to just bring back that terrible lineup. And yeah, you can say, okay, we're going to just play it less minutes, but that's the lineup that starts you out in the game. So you're so you're literally giving the team a head start, your opposing team a head start every single game. That's just mm-hmm. morale-wise. If, if every time you went to work, you are half an hour behind no matter what, like, you're, that's going to beat you down. And, mm-hmm. and that's how the Utah Jazz um, ha- had been starting games. Uh, in this stretch, they've been getting outscored. And it's looking like players who, you know, at the beginning of the year, we talked about how the Jazz had used this season as a punt year. Signed a bunch of guys to you know one year contracts, but not you know second year guarantees. And they had two guys, two expiring contracts, Joe Johnson and Derek Favors. And then they have two restricted free agents who are ex- are expiring. And those are you know Dante Exum and Rodney Hood. So you have a lot of players who are kind of hired guns. And sometimes that works out really well because they're playing for their next contract. And if things are playing well. You know, get, that accelerates it. But if things are falling apart, then all of a sudden you have guys looking solely out for themselves. And for that's not a terrible way to look at it either. Like, if, Well, that's just how the NBA works. That's like, how if you any don't... job works. If, if you're at any job and it's starting to fall apart, like you're looking out for you and you only because no one else is. Mm-hmm. So, so, And that's kind of where we're at at this point after you know a disappointing loss against against the Miami Heat once again. Um, 
know, you're, you, you know, you have to wonder, you know, where, where this is, where this is, he you know, where this is heading. Because now the Utah Jazz, they are 16-24. They're eight games under 500. They are four games um, out out from the playoffs, and they are, they are, um, four games out from the third pick in the NBA draft. So mm -hmm. uh, literally at a crossroads here. Yeah, and it's not getting any easier. The, the schedule is not... I mean, these last three games were games where I had... I mean, I had written, and I'm always relatively, you know, positive and overly so at times. Like, if they can find a way to win these games against the Pelicans and the Nuggets and the Heat, like they just did tonight, we or today we saw them lose, then maybe they have a chance to really catch some momentum and maybe they figure something out. But... What we've just found out is that a lot of the things we had worried about are actually coming to fruition. Um, Ricky Rubio's shooting has not been ideal, but compounding that has been a turnover issue that has, in Rubio's defense, has not just been him, but has been the whole team. But my goodness, like we lose some of these games pretty close, and when you consider that like some of these turnovers are just so bad, uh, it's it's just going to be tough for the Jazz to to get wins because their margin of error is just razor thin right now, and unless um, you mentioned one player actually that has kind of really taken a downturn, who quietly was probably a big reason we were winning a lot of games earlier anyway, was Alec Burks. Mm -hmm. um, like we saw Alec Burks in that game against the Pelicans score forty one, but we don't talk a lot about how like. Uh, or yeah, Donovan Mitchell scores like 41 against the Pelicans, but we don't talk about how Alec Burks in that game was like seven for nine with four three pointers, scored 20 points, and he had a stretch where he was just on fire. He looked well, great. It, it 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 was like oh my gosh, he's starting to put it together. He's playing under control. He's playing in the offense. He's hitting that those shots. He's he's not trying you know trying to you know like wiggle his way to a weird finish. Like he was creating contact and getting to the line. Yeah, and he was playing actually pretty decent defense, but yeah, average last, defense, which is way better than than ever for him <laughs> at yeah. least. Yeah, it was great. But like that's just kind of a I mean that's just a sign for this Jazz Jazz team in general is that we were winning with players like Alec Burks kind of playing out of their mind, who really his best role in the NBA is probably a nice sixth man, mm -hmm. which is, you know, no insult, but when when that when you're kind of depending on a six man to score 25 points and a rookie to score 40, uh, you know, going, you know, losing two of your last 11 or whatever, or winning two of your last 11 uh, is not that surprising. And it's not going to change very much. I don't see a big change. And like you said, Derek Favors and Rudy Gobert still don't work. So even when we get Rudy Gobert back, it's not going to be much better. And Rudy Gobert's still going to have to play himself back into game shape. And yeah. And I his guess, leg's still going to be a problem. It takes a good two or three weeks once he gets back to even be 100% Rudy. And so, yeah, like giving an indictment on the team and saying the team is not a playoff team is not an indictment that there aren't good players on this on this team because we know that Rodney Hood is a really good good sharpshooter when he's on, but he's in a role right now where he's forced to be a sixth man acting as the second best player on the team. That's yeah, and that, that's 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 that. I, I mean, that, those are those are two different roles. Being the second, you know, uh, you know, best player, but also coming off the bench. That's 
Uh, and even if he was starting, once again, it's just like, okay, we're relying on Donovan Mitchell and Rodney Hood. And, you know, part of the reason they're rarely in the game at the same time is, A, you need, you need one or the other to carry the lineup. Because if, mm-hmm. if, if neither of them are, are on a lineup, it struggles mightily. Well, because I, I'm the biggest Tabo fan in the world, but when Tabo's one of your best offensive options, it's, it's rough. Yeah. If he's your fourth option, that's great. But yeah, and so and and, and then Derek Favors, he's been playing, having a really good year. But the unfortunate thing is he has no spacing. And he has no spacing, and there's no shooting around him. He, uh, you know, Ricky Rubio is doing the pick and roll with him, and so all the defender has to do is go under the pick. And so, mm-hmm. how does Derek Favors score when every team just goes under the pick? Um, one thing I'll say about um, and this is just a quick little side note, but the Jazz did a great job this offseason. Quietly, the Jazz have had a really good health season with their players. Uh, Derek Favors is finally healthy mm-hmm. for a whole year. Um, I know we've had two injuries with Rudy Gobert, but that's just what happens when Dion Waiters... <laughs> yeah, Dean, we, Dion Waiters like clips you, and then you have another weird injury, um, mm-hmm. just fall, falling back. And, and then Dante Exum's is an acute injury. It wasn't... Yeah, I mean, to be honest, if you're looking at the Utah Jazz... You know, these are injuries that have been, like, caused. They aren't just these repetitive, uh, chronic injuries that we've had in or the you, past. Or you heard weird reports that, like, Derek Favors had a bad bed or something like that, where you're like, what? What, what kind of weird but, stuff uh, is that? I will say, <laughs> in the Miami game, um, you know, Favors was getting, he looked a little hobbled there at the end. And, like, and just from the past two years with Derek Favors, I'm like, oh, no, is it starting again? It there, yeah, I know. I thought the same thing, but he played through it. He played through uh, he it. was he hobbling a little mm-hmm. bit, but I think. He but anyways, I just wanted to give a shout out to the Jazz health team because finally, players when they get back from their injuries, they're actually back, and it's nice. Yeah, that is nice. So that so, you know, the Utah Jazz right now they have good players, but their team is just not good, and and. <laughs> Well put, and 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 it's just because the pieces didn't come together, and and but you can also tell like and, and now we're getting to get to the other part because I, I I was reading our SLC dunk comments and I know it's it, sometimes it's like these are the loudest voices of a small minority. Yeah, be careful with we, those. We, we, we get it. So, but even on Twitter too, I saw like I, I really felt this Miami win was a Miami loss. Uh, was more on Quinn Snyder towards the end because there were just some just some odd choices, and and when you have a team that's as limited as Utah, like everything for 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 wins to occur, for Quinn's advantage basketball to work, everything has to be on point from the coaching to the to the execution, everything. And towards the end of the game, there were just some choices by Quinn. Like I get it that Derek Favors wants to play through his injuries, but man, it, it, after after a few plays of him being late on the switch and whatnot, it, 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 that's the time to be like, look, I get it, you got your pride, but we got to go at Epe because it, it, you're just a half second too slow. And yeah, we, and Epe might get that block at the end of the game. Yeah, and we and we just like, and that's the difference right now with us, mm-hmm. um, and. And then you have that strange. You have Rodney Hood, who's calling off, uh, who who had a good game up until that point, and then he calls off Donovan Mitchell, 
and then goes on that weird uh, like one-on-one isolation and doesn't go to the hoop when you're when you're when you're three up and and and, and you don't get to the line, you don't do anything, you don't pass, you don't have a you, you don't bring up a screen. You just it and you're and he's not a good one-on-one type of guy without the screen. And mm-hmm. so that that didn't make any sense. And then then you had the weird and and that should have been a time like like Quinn had the timeout. I get it. He's save and he's saving it. So so he doesn't call a timeout there to be like this play is not going the way I want. But then he then he calls his timeout when the Jazz are down one and the play is with Donovan Mitchell running into the backcourt with 5 seconds remaining and having to go downhill that much. At, like that that was that was just overthinking it and and i and i get it like he said at the end of the game like uh we we you know we want to get the ball to one of our two best offensive guys but that's not good but overall quinn has been pretty pretty spectacular oh we're getting wins that we probably shouldn't have gotten and honestly like you know what like Quinn's not going to have a perfect game every single game, just like players have bad games and make weird decisions. And honestly, you know what? Sometimes we're asking Quinn to do some things with a roster that has so many problems that it's almost unfair. You know, like when Rodney Hood and Donovan Mitchell are your two best options, Donovan Mitchell being just incredible, but Rodney Hood, who he did wave off uh, Donovan Mitchell, and I'm sure that's not exactly what Quinn wants him to be doing. Uh, but like, it's, it's rough. Like we're going to lose a lot of games just because we have just issues with the roster and we do need to find some talent that, that fits Donovan Mitchell, that fits Rudy Gobert. And maybe that's how we can kind of segue into our next section. Just like, what are the jazz going to do now? Are we looking to get enough wins to get in the playoffs? Are the jazz, should the jazz be looking at maybe acquiring some picks? There might be some picks available to be had from, uh, maybe some teams going into the playoffs want some extra punch. Like talking about Rodney hood, he has his flaws and I don't know how much you can get for Rodney hood, but there might be a team out there who wants to sign Rodney hood, who wants his, uh, like, because Rodney Hood's going to restrict a free agency, so I believe, and I may be wrong, let me know. But if you trade for Rodney Hood, that means you have his restricted free agency. I mean, it means he's going to be a part of your team for at least another three years. Right. Um, and so I think I think Rodney Hood has some value. I have a, a some players that I would love to see the Jazz go after. But what do you think? Should the Jazz shoot for the playoffs? Should they be looking at trades to, uh, you know? We don't want to say the word out loud, but lose intentionally a little bit. What do you think? Yeah, so this is this is a hard one because if the Jazz were to if the Jazz wanted to be in the playoff hunt and wanted to stay in it, and they're like, we are determined to be to be going forward to stay in this this playoff race. I think they would have to make a deal now, like now. Oh yeah, because. Because, because we're almost halfway through. Yeah, and by the time the end of January hits, like if you look at you know we, looking at the schedule, and you have Washington, Charlotte, uh, Indiana, Sacramento, New York, 
Clippers, Atlanta, Detroit, Toronto, Golden State, and and one, two, three, four, five, six of those games are on the road, and two of those home games are against uh, three of those home games are against uh, playoff teams. Um, that's rough, and the Jazz are the worst road team in the NBA, tied with the Atlanta uh, the, the Atlanta Hawks. <sighs> How so, good is Donovan Mitchell, by the way, to have gotten us some of these wins? Like, yeah, like some of these wins, like, so both of these can be true at the same time. If you're, you shouldn't be relying upon a, a first year rookie in order to have wins. But if you want to be a playoff team, but if you want to be a playoff team, the Utah Jazz. Have to be have to rely on Donovan Mitchell to get them wins. Both of those can be true, and mm-hmm. and also it can be true that you have to rely rely on Donovan Mitchell to get you to the playoffs. Like that can be true too. That's the thing is that last one. If that's true, Donovan Mitchell is one of those players that's truly transcendent already. And the thing is, he's he's starting to get to that point, and it, like. For for example, I I believe tonight he had another. He had he had yeah he had twenty seven points. He had twenty seven points tonight. It's just a, you know what's crazy? I was thinking about it the other day. Like I'm like so against uh, who did we play? We played the Pelicans. We played Denver. Against Denver, he scored fifteen points, and I was like a little bit disappointed. Like how crazy is that? That. Like Donovan Mitchell scoring fifteen points is kind of underwhelming. Fifteen points to, for any other Jazz rookie, and, and this is not to throw like Millsap, Hayward, uh, Favors, Cantor. Oh, you, you can throw Hayward under the but, bus but, on but, here. But, but but for any normal rookie, if they score fifteen points, you're like, wow, man, they're really starting to turn into something. This is really special. Oh yeah. And but but Donovan Mitchell ha- is regularly getting. Over twenty points a game, like he's it, now he's he's hit twenty seven again. I believe that puts him one twenty game, twenty point game away from tying Carl Malone for the most twenty point games, uh, for the second most uh, twenty plus point games in a in a rookie season. Like it's just bonkers. Like and, and looking at the beginning of the season when he scored his first twenty. Po- plus point game and I looked at Daryl Griffith I was like oh man there's no way he's going to hit that but you know maybe Carl Malone is in in the realm if 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 this turns into something and uh he's well on his way there like like unless something really goes goes wrong a injury b he he hits a rookie wall uh, beyond any rookie wall we've ever seen uh, he's going to be up there and getting close to it, especially as the season starts to ease up. And if there are oh, trades made to, that fe- that are to feature him into the offense more, a like a Rubio trade, a Rodney Hood trade, or Derek Favors trade, then all of a sudden you're, you know, the the chance of that is going to go up. So looking at looking at the, you know, the market, I like if the Jazz want to make it, if the Jazz want to make the playoffs. If you're making that trade at the end of January, it it it's probably going to be too late. Because yeah, like, yeah, exactly. Because there's just not a a lot of time. And there was that article. Have we talked about this article before? That on December 26th, most of the the playoffs are set already. Like, 
I think we've seen it, but I don't think we've talked about it on here. Only 13% of teams that are not in, not in the top eight of either conference are able to get into the, be in the top eight at the end of the season. Usually it's just set by that. Well, and I'm, the Jazz know that. Like that's the thing is sometimes we talk about the Jazz as if they don't know these things, and I'm sure mm-hmm. this is something they're talking about. And I'm sure the Jazz have a lot of plans right now set up, and are probably after a loss like this tonight against Miami, who I feel like when we're healthy is kind of on par with us yeah. in terms of talent, and mm-hmm. and losing this tonight is just an indicator. We the Jazz need to make some moves to kind of build around Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert. And outside of those two, I feel like anyone really is tradable uh, for the right player or pick or 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 whatever. And so what are some of the moves you'd like to see the Jazz do? Or are there any players you'd like to see the Jazz go after? Yeah, that's, that's an interesting one because, like, looking at it right now, Man, I'd I'd love for an Aaron Gordon trade, but I believe he's played himself out of out of consideration for Utah. Um, Pretty much, Jabari. That would be interesting, but I think now that um, you know Jason Kidd has been on the hot seat, I don't think there's any way he would allow Jabari to get away from there, uh, just because he could be like he's grasping at straws to keep his job. Um, Miritich, like I look at the Bulls and what the Bulls have been doing. And, you know, the, the, you know, the Bulls, you know, over their last 10 games are four and six. And, you know, maybe they want to secure their, their, their lottery, but that's a team that's notorious for not wanting to tank. No. And, 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 and then looking at that, do you really want to give up a lot of assets just to have Miritich for only a year? Mm-hmm. That's, it's, 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 it's a rough question. Um, I think the one thing that I would look at is as the Brooklyn Nets have been playing better than expected. They're, I mean, <laughs> when you're still like the Brooklyn Nets are not terrible, they're still nine games under 500. So, mm-hmm. well, not nine games. They're what five games or five games under 500. So, but right now they're if the lottery were today, it would they'd be the ninth pick. Yeah, they'd be the ninth pick. So that Brooklyn pick is not as like coveted as it was before and the Cleveland Cavaliers they're you know they're starting to put it together on both ends and it looks like things are all right and so that Brooklyn pick might be gettable if you're willing to take on some terrible salary for them and help their future plans with keeping LeBron there is they're probably looking at that like well it's not really going to be a game-changing pick and if it's not do we do we, you know, want to just, you know, send it off so we can try to keep LeBron here since that's really going to be our only real strategy after the season and it's not going to be some sort of pick where we're able to build around it going forward like, a you know, Luca or Marv, Marvin Bagley or or uh, Trey Young or any one of those other picks. So, yeah, so I, I would say if you're able to get the Cleveland Cavaliers – a Brooklyn Nets pick, which would give like say the Jazz finish seventh and then that one finishes ninth. You know that mm-hmm. that ninth it it has a has a one point seven percent chance to to finish number one overall. And then if the Jazz finish seventh, they have a six point three percent chance to finish number one overall. So that then they have an eight percent chance of hit hitting the number one pick with that. Mm-hmm. So 
and and I would be okay with taking on taking on you know those two picks uh, and taking on salary for that because then it, then all of a sudden you're building this young core that's able to grow together and well and if the reason that Cleveland might be willing to do it too is you've got to ask yourself is what we get at nine or ten going to be any better than Rodney Hood and Derek Favors and probably not uh, Rodney Hood is a really nice player and. If you redid the draft Rodney Hood was drafted, he's probably sixth or seventh pick in that draft. Mm-hmm. And so I that's why it seems gettable to me. Anyways, keep going. Sorry. Yeah, no, no. I think it's I think it's very, very gettable. And then if you're looking at that like exactly like you said, like there might be a player that they're able to get at like seven or nine that could be better than Favors or or Hood, but it's not gonna fit that timeline. Mm-hmm. It's going to be like, for example, like a Zach Collins with Portland. Like, has a chance to be good eventually, but not right now and not keeping LeBron. I mean, we kind of saw that with with Gordon Hayward. He just did not want to play with young players and wait for them to get better and better. Or when and, Hayward first entered the league. Like, the Jazz had Hayward about that same, that same pick range, and mm-hmm. he didn't fit into the timeline of Darren Williams... Al Jefferson, Mehmet Okur, and so on. Yeah, it, it's the story that always gets told. There's a, always a mix of vet and young guys, and and you're either one of two teams. You either have got the good young guys with the mediocre vets, or you've got the good vets with the, the young developing talent, and it's just tough. And the Jazz right now have a perfect situation with Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert, to find a way to build around them. The Jazz yeah. kind of skipped the tanking step a little bit with Donovan Mitchell becoming that player you'd hope to get in, after a tanking season. If the Jazz can kind of tank this out a little bit and get a nice player to go with Donovan that fits with him and Rudy, and maybe the Jazz find a way to get Dante Exum at a reasonable contract, all of a sudden you've got a really nice core to build around. Yeah, so I would say... There's not so much players out there. Like I, I it, this is just me being crazy. I, I, I would find if the Jazz were to trade with Orlando for say like Mario or Evan Fournier, I think that would be cool. But at this point in time, I think if the Jazz are looking at this like, oh, we, you know, we might be, you know, able to get into that top five of the draft at this point. And this feels so weird to be talking about this because I didn't, I. I at the beginning of the season, there was somebody online who was saying, "Oh, the Jazz are going to be terrible, and they're not going to be—you know—they're not going to be a playoff team." And I was one of those people to to openly mock them because I was like, "There's no way, there's no way the Utah Jazz are going to be this bad. There's no way, there's no way you're going to have—you know—you're going to have, you know, the Exum, which is going to be great. You're going to have, you know, Rodney Hood was going to—you know—was is you know ready to go, you know break out, and Gobert's not going anywhere, and Rubio's and Rubio's a great passer, so he's going to get the ball right where Gobert wants, and it's a house of cards and it's fallen down. And so to be talking about this at this point, basically being like, okay, the Jazz, if the if the Jazz aren't going to be buyers at this trade deadline, so that doesn't mean you're they're going after a guy like Evan Fournier. That means they're moving favors and favors and Hood and Johnson and whoever for potential young talent or assets. So it's a comp- mm-hmm. it's a, or. And so the most likely scenario is going to be like the Jazz trading with Phoenix for you know like a for prospects guys who just didn't work out 
right or with Orlando you know you're going after Mario and Zoka and and it's and and hopefully it, you know he he does better with a change of scenery but this scenario it's it it's going to be it's it's not going to be the exciting trade deadline i think a lot of jazz fans think like are hoping it's going to be no i mean there'll be teams that might that'll give calls to the jazz about Derek favors and rodney hood and i'm sure there's teams that out there that actually do like them and and wouldn't mind rodney hood being part of their future if if the Cavs call though and they want Rodney Hood to be a part of their playoff run, I mean I don't know how quickly you can say yes to that uh, to get that Brooklyn pick. <laughs> yeah, you say it pretty fast. Mm-hmm. But I, I mean, you're in a situation like that. You're getting the Brooklyn pick, but you're also bringing on like an Iman Shumpert, or maybe you're sending them Rodney and Favors and Favors and Rodney's Favors contract comes off the book, so you'll take on Tristan Thompson. Or something like that, and that might be a way you get that pick. Right. Uh, and and James gets really happy at that point because yeah. this it really is a loaded draft, and um, I paid for insider, so I want that to be worth something. <laughs> so like, I really wouldn't mind. I really wouldn't mind the Jazz like making that subscription worth it. Yeah. I, uh, I, but actually, honestly, honestly, like. Donovan is good right now, and if the Jazz find a player out there that works, that either fits... I honestly, personally feel like Dante Exum fits where Ricky Rubio kind of is a problem. Um, and if the Jazz... Is there... Like, is the, I don't know. Do you think the Jazz could go get Dragon Bender? Is that someone you think they'd be interested in he's personally someone i would be interested in the jazz getting and i don't think he's so good that he's going to make us better i don't know i'm just trying to think of who can the jazz go get i'm a fan of dragon bender i, um, I think mario in orlando because mario hazonia yeah hazonia would be um would be possible um like you look at like teams that here here's what i i, I like part of me wonders because there's so few teams that actually have cap space to make max contract offers. Does wh- well, that's another thing is we might be able to go get one of these guys just with a max. Like, can you? Yeah. Wait to the off season. Yeah, wait to just- the off season and just let let these guys go off the books. So that would mean if Utah's really looking for like cap space, you know, do they do they like give up like a second round or something else at, for somebody to take on? Ricky Rubio, or take on Alec Burks, you know, two of these larger contracts that are on the hook past this year so they can get an expiring contract. Um, that's something to keep in mind. So that wouldn't be the most sexy thing ever. It'd be like, great, we have the, con- you know, we have Brooke Lopez or or somebody else uh, or, uh, you know, just some of these like bad expiring contracts. And so that's not really going to get people like blood pumping. You know, and you know, like we gave up a second rounder to to move Ricky Rubio, or we did, you know, and so and that would hurt even more because then we would have given up not just like for Ricky Rubio in that trade, we would have moved a first rounder to get him, and then a second rounder to to move him. Eek. Yeah, and that was rough. that was that's painful. It hurts because we were trying to get Gordon Hayward. Screw Gordon Hayward, but. Uh, the That's thing, gonna here's, be a mistake on on Dennis Lindsay. Like, there's some culpability on on Gordon 
on Gordon Hayward for that because, you know, they were trying to do anything they could. But, man, that's really mm -hmm. going to look like a very, like, the time to be able to move Rubio afterwards was the summer when his, when his value was still high. And now, mm -hmm. like, with this, like, he could, like, I still think he's a really good player. I just don't think he fits in what Utah's going, and I don't think he fits in Utah's timeline. Like, no, and he can't shoot or pass. So mm -hmm. it's really. No, I'm sorry. I gotta be better. Well, well here's the I, thing. Like, I, I look like inside Golden State's offense, he would like flourish. Um, in Houston's offense, oh, absolutely, he would be insane. Um, but in in Utah's with Utah's personnel right now, I think in Utah's when people are like Utah's offense doesn't work. I'm not sure if it's the offense. I I, I think it's the personnel, more or less. It's and and it's the just personnel, not. It doesn't and, fit any. It would have fit if he'd have had Gordon Hayward and and George Hill around him. Mm -hmm. That would have and George Hill playing worked. off playing off guard. But but, he, but exactly. if that's the case, they're not going after him. They're not they're not grabbing him at all. So I don't and I don't see any teams out there that are like, yeah, I'll take like the only t team that I'd see take on Rubio is Sacramento if the Jazz were bringing back George Hill. And I, the Jazz might be open to that, honestly, which would be a real strange turn of events. But at the same time, like if you read that article where Ricky Rubio, or not Ricky Rubio, George Hill talks about his um, regrets a little bit with going to Sacramento, and is that he plays kind of a methodical style that was really kind of a trademark for the Jazz last season. But I don't think the Jazz really want to go back to a methodical. I th I think the Jazz really, if they could, would go to a more up tempo offense but because of Exum getting hurt and it's it's been kind of a mess this yeah. year well there, there were um, points in the Miami game today where I saw the Jazz playing faster than I've ever seen them play probably I'd say in the last since Quinn took over mm -hmm. and and yeah and it, it, and, and it, it led to some really easy opportunities and and Donovan Mitchell was was looking great but um and actually Rubio wasn't looking too too shabby either um, in that, in those sets, but, but yeah, the, the hard thing, like looking at this trade deadline is Utah is either going to be re getting rid of Derek favors and Rodney, uh, I, I shouldn't say getting rid of, they're trading, uh, trading them for, for, you know, assets that they can use that are going to be more long-term and inexpensive, you know, like draft mm -hmm. picks or, or players that, didn't quite work out in their first locale and that they think under their development uh, that they could work out. Mm -hmm. Or they're going to be bringing back, you know, some bad uh, and I shouldn't say, or, and they could be bringing back bad contracts. Um, if they're going to make a, well, if they're going to make a trade to actually be competitive, it's got to happen now. And, and it's going to cost them. It's going to cost them a, a good a good amount and could cost them their first-round draft pick. And so that's why I think the Jazz probably aren't going to make a trade towards trying to make the playoffs because if it doesn't work out, all of a sudden you gave up a really valuable pick. Yeah. No, I. the more you think about it, the more it just – it's almost as painful as it might be. It almost makes sense for the Jazz to just ride it out and let the team lose these games even though it's annoying and frustrating and painful uh you lose these games you might get if i mean you could get lucky and get like a top six pick 
and then you play that um, with these players. If you could somehow pry away that pick from the Cavs and get two top ten picks in the draft that you just develop around Rudy, Donovan, um, Dante Exum, Joe Ingles, all of a sudden you've got a fun team that's got enough talent to really win a lot of games that can also have a lot of years to just mesh together. Yeah. And that is just a much better uh, long-term strategy for success than just trying to win now by getting Meritich now for a year who then leaves and you're mortgaging because you always are in this kind of cycle of mortgage your future for a, a, a good above average talent but not a superstar or above average talent and eventually you get to kind of that six to eight spot in the playoffs but you kind of fizzle out yeah. and if the Jazz could find something that just fits that timeline uh that would be perfect. Donovan's good right now. I mean, it's it's crazy how he's good right now. That's another thing Jazz fans need to stop worrying about so much. Is like, well, Donovan's just going to leave us. Well, Donovan's not going to leave for like seven years at at minimum. Right. I, I and think, he's so. Yeah. Go ahead. I was going to say, and he's so good that we're going to be able to give him a super max or whatever it is. I mean, that's the other thing is it's so far in the future that we don't even know what the contract situation will be, but it will always be beneficial to teams that want to keep their players so we're going to be able to give him a super max like uh we couldn't give to hayward because he wasn't good enough and so it's i don't know jazz fans don't need to worry we're good now and if we can get a guy in this draft i mean if we get luka Doncic, i mean my goodness yeah that's all of a sudden it would be worth it to lose a lot of games for the rest of the season but i tell you what you give you give Lindsay if oh see that's that might be for me the best thing is go hard to the Cavs and say, we'll do whatever you want, but what do we need to do here to get this this Brooklyn pick? And there might be some painful things that you need to do that you need to think about. Is it worth giving Joe Ingles maybe uh, to, get that Brook- to get that Brooklyn pick? Mm-hmm. But Dennis Lindsay has been so good in the draft. Um, you give him two shots at getting a star in this draft, I promise you he'll hit because he's hit with Rudy Gobert. He's hit with Rodney Hood. Those were two late first-round picks. He's hit with Donovan Mitchell. So for every... And, you know, he's had some misses. Uh, I don't count Donovan or Dante Exum as a miss. I actually consider Dante a hit. I think Dante's still going to be really good. But, uh, you know, for every Trey Burke, there's, like, you know, and, Donovan Mitchell and Rudy and, Gobert. And even Trey, Trey Lyles now, who looks like he's playing, you know, he just needed to change his scenery. So it looks like, you know, they were right on his potential, but it just didn't, wasn't, a, you know, could not have been a culture fit or whatnot with, when it came to Trey Lyles. So, and, and looking at the upcoming draft, like, there are, there are a couple teams that have multiple picks that could be in the range of being like, hey, we... Like, for example, the Phoenix Suns might be looking at how they're playing after Earl Watson left and might be saying, hey... You know what we, uh, you know we're 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 really you know g- going in a different direction here, and so, so you know what, f- like for example, like Phoenix for example, Phoenix might be like, hey, you know we're going to, uh, let's let's trade our our tw- you know our pick that we have b- through Miami, let's trade that for a veteran, to you know to 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 bring in some veteran help. And that might be something where Alec Burks might be able to go available. Same with Atlanta. Atlanta has three picks in the upcoming draft, and so, and they're, I'm not sure if they're going to want to bring in three rooks, 
from the first round to try to develop all at the same time. So that might that might be be something to, to, to think about. Same with the Brooklyn Nets. Brooklyn Nets have a late pick at 28, number at number 28, and they might look at that and be like, hey, let's use that to bring on an Alec Burks or, or a Ricky Rubio. We can absorb them into our cap space, and then we can use that as you know something that we can flip to see if we can get something even greater in the next draft. So, so th- I mean, keeping Utah, Utah is going to have some options. It might be a very quiet draft, moving for um, quiet deadline for them if they if they're just like you know what we don't want to we don't want to give up flexibility, we don't want to restart the 2017 offseason quite yet because you know we've talked about how they they punted on that. So, mm-hmm. so. Uh, it's it's going to be it's going to be really interesting to see how they move forward in this. I I do think one thing is is I don't think they're as bad as the last two months have been, but they're definitely not good enough for a for a playoff team to be a playoff team right now. And and oh, I yeah. think that like comes down more... to the experience of Donovan Mitchell, um, personnel, and and you bring up a good point with Joe Ingles, like Joe Ingles. A lot of time, I feel like Joe Ingles is like this three thousand dollar like car stereo in a nineteen eighty four Honda. Like mm-hmm. Joe Ingles is a great luxury, uh, is is an amazing luxury to have uh, as a as a playoff team because he can come in, he provides lockdown defense, and he can just hit threes if he has people to if you're if you have other people to have to worry about. So a team like Cleveland, a team like Houston or or Toronto, Toronto who would love to have outside shooting. Um, those are those are teams that would be like, you know what? Let's let's think about what we could give up to get Joe Ingles. And and that would be a. I mean, we would have to get something because that's a painful trade because he's yeah. been a big part of this culture. Right, and and, and he. And he's gonna and 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 Joe Ingles is my like behind Donovan Mitchell. Joe Ingles is my favorite player. I love him a because I can create tons of funny puns um, when when there's losses going on in the SLC Dunk Twitter account. The other thing is I think he's I think just like culture wise he's so good for the culture of Utah. Um, mm-hmm. I I think like when Dante Exum got hurt like he's chilling at Joe Ingles' place. Like he is, Joe Ingles is 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 very much like Ricky Rubio is off the court. Like they're just really good dudes, really really mm-hmm. good dudes, and very like very big personalities. And well, and the nice thing about Joe is he's such a good he produces on the court, and yeah. his value is huge for the Jazz. And so you only look at Ingles if you're getting something really nice. Mm-hmm. And so. And, and the way you look at at Ingles too is is just like is he in the right timeline? You know, do you, that's the other question. It, it, like, because at this point right now, I I am not sure if this is a one year dip that Utah's taking or a two year dip. I I don't think it's going to be very long that they're away from the playoffs. It just depends on the infusion of talent in this coming off season through the draft and and through free agency. And, and and then how quickly that draft talents like you know say you Jazz get a top five pick and then all but 
how quickly do they adjust? How quickly are they able to produce? Because guys like Donovan Mitchell, like you can look at the top five of this last draft, and and uh, top five is not like doing like expecting them to do what Donovan Mitchell is doing this year is unfair. Because mm-hmm. Donovan Mitchell's just really special. And, and and same with same with seeing what Tatum is doing, and then what Ben Simmons is doing in his in his second year, like that doesn't happen often. So mm-hmm. what 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 are you know what's your options there? Well, my big my big thing is that I think the Jazz need to strike soon because Donovan Mitchell is so good that we might not have a very big window to get a good pick. Like he's just going to be very, very good for a very long time. And it's going to be very rare for the jazz. That's the exciting thing too. It's going to be rare in a year or two for the jazz, not to be in the playoffs with Donovan Mitchell and his development playing next to Rudy Gobert. Um, you know, I keep waiting for one day when Dante kind of develops into what I think he can be. It, this might be our only chance. And so if the Cavs come calling and saying, we've got this pick and we are interested in Joe Ingles or we are interested in Rodney, if it's Rodney Hood or Derek Favors, I think you do that in a heartbeat. Um, the other you, th- you kind of have to think about. But um, I don't know. I just Donovan has gotten us some of the wins. Like that Pelicans win where he scored 41, that was just Donovan Mitchell. He's being incredible. And the... The makeup of this team is so bad right now, but it won't be like this next season. The Jazz, for sure, are going to change the makeup of this team. They're going to find, even if it means moving, fa- like obviously probably not re-signing favors and just having someone like Tabo play the mm-hmm. four next to Rudy Gobert, that right there is going to make us a better team. Um, Don- Donovan Mitchell might, you know, after a season of having Ricky Rubio as our starting point guard, probably earn starting point guard um, from the get-go next year or starting shooting guard depending on if if uh, Dante comes back this year which I think is very possible and we might be seeing by the end of the year Don- Dante Exum starting and we'll see what we have there I think that's the thing the other the Jazz need to think about doing too is we need to see Dante Exum and see what we have if we can to start him but what will be interesting about that is he might be too good <laughs> <laughs> keep us from yeah. getting a draft pick. So like the, like there's no especially, easy answers yeah, here. Yeah, it's 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 rough. I I think looking at this deadline, it's like this is this is a really really tough off season because uh, I mean this is the type of off seasons that get like front office people fired, coaches fired, things like that when a star player leaves. Like when a star player leaves, it usually leaves a wake. And and a and a crater wherever that's at. We saw it with Cleveland with LeBron. We saw it in in Toronto with with Chris Bosh. We you know we we saw it with Orlando when Shaq left. We've seen it we, like time and time again when star players leave. It just Utah with Darren Williams. Like you you can go on and on and on and on. It just it's hard to rebound from it. And so what Utah is being asked to do is is incredibly difficult and 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 uh and and honestly Dennis Lindsay doesn't have a lot of room for error he just doesn't 
And that, that's not trying no. to like pad the stats for, for, for Lindsay to make it look like, you know, he's done better. It doesn't. And, and, but that's his job though, is to, is to, when, when there's situations like this, to find a way to, to rebuild the franchise. That's what they pay him the big bucks to do. So, you know, looking, looking at this and, and looking how, you know, they, they go forward, I, he is going, there's going to be a couple moves that people, there's going to be some really popular guys that end up leaving. It's, it, it's going to end up happening when you're building around a squad. And that could be Exum, that could be Ingles, that could, uh, that could be Rubio, that could be Hal Neto, that could be Hood, it could, you know, Favors, all of these guys, like, there's going to be some guys where we're like, ah, but he's been the lifeblood of the, of the, of of the franchise and they very well could have been, but at this point, like they might not meet the timeline and, and that could lead, like if Joe Ingles were to be traded, I think he would like hold it personal against Utah jazz. And I probably would too. Um, same, oh, same with, Hood. Sure same, same with hood, like hoods and, you know, like gets mentioned by people casually, you know, uh, jazz, jazz, not jazz writers, but you know, writers, NBA writers in general is, possibly being traded and 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 I, if i were him i would take that personally uh, and it looks like he has because today after the game he he put, posted something on his instagram saying he needs to be checking people on social media mm-hmm. or whatnot so yeah obviously it's getting to him and losses don't help it's easier to block out the noise and the periphery of what people are saying when things are going all right, but when things are not going all right, it's it's you know it's going to come in and it's tough. And, and and we're part of it too. Like and sorry, we're doing it right now. <laughs> yeah. But it's just and and you know that's that's our job is to play the foil and 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 for you know it's it's easier to be the critic. I like I will totally admit that it's much easier to be the critic, you know, and be the guy you know sitting behind the screen who. With without that basketball talent, rather than the guy who actually has to go out there and perform, um, mm-hmm. and so yeah, this is going to be rough. This is going to be really rough for for the Utah Jazz, especially if, with the upcoming schedule with January. I think uh, I I think it's going to be it's it's going to be a, a, a rough uh, a rough month, and the trades might not be as rosy as people want them to be. They might. They're they're not going to provide the relief that I think that they're they're hoping for. It might be deals made with an eye towards cap space or towards the 2018 NBA draft. Yeah, and that's that's why I mean every day you're just I mean the 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 losses are just racking up, and in a way it's helping the Jazz out and you know do the jazz on it's it's. The Jazz don't build through free agents, free agency. It's just not, and most good teams don't just do their building through free agency. Unless you can get Kevin Durant or LeBron James, the best way to build your team is through the draft. And the Jazz have a chance right now to really do something great for the the future. I I uh, I don't know. The more the Jazz lose, the more it just kind of it behooves them to just keep losing. It's like it's, yeah, it's that's just it's it's rough. It's, it, it, it would be fun to have this podcast and be like, oh, like the Jazz are just like one game out of the of the sixth seed or something. What can we do to get Aaron Gordon? It's, that's that's a different conversation when you're the sixth seed than when you're the 
12 or 11th seed, whatever we are. It's yeah, it's it's just not. Yeah, it, it I and, and I know like uh, I've had a lot of people on the SLC Dunk Twitter. I respond to it and be like, "We're never gonna tank," and it, tanking creates a bad culture. And it's like I I don't think they're tanking. Like there's a difference. Like the thing is, tanking is losing on purpose. It and and it's and it's like throwing the integrity out. I think well, tanking what, would be trading Rudy Gobert or yeah, trading Donovan Mitchell. Yeah, that, that, that tanking, that's tanking. That, that's like a, a total Sam Hinkie move, being like, these guys aren't going to cut it, we're out. Um, mm-hmm. Utah making, making moves like trading favors or hood away because they're looking only two months ahead and seeing like they're not going to be here. That's not tanking. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, that's just getting a head start on your, on your offseason. That's not tanking at all. They're just being smart with assets. Yeah, like, that's just being smart. And those same people would be like, we don't tank. We'll be the same people complaining that we got nothing back when they left. And Yeah, they'll, well, yeah, like then they're the same people that say, we're never good. Why do I even go to jazz games? Well, yeah. <laughs> I yeah, don't it's, know. It, it, like, it's, it, 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 the hard thing now is, like they're already good. It's like the the good good news is we have a really great player, Donovan Mitchell, who we're gonna get to see grow throughout the season. And there are gonna be some games we have no business winning that we're going to win because Donovan Mitchell is realizing it is it, basically becoming Neo from the Matrix, who's just re, realizing. Oh my his goodness! That alley oop he did tonight was unreal. He filthy, caught that with one hand. Filthy. I mean, that was an Odell Beckham catch with a one hand. And I mean, he's just remarkable. And so that's the nice thing is we get to watch Donovan and get a nice draft pick. We're kind of in a nice situation, to be honest. That it could be worse. You could be like the the. And you you mentioned this because you talked about talked to Liberty Ballers about when right before they started their big tank, their best player was what was his name? He's still playing the lefty power forward. That's kind of a journeyman like oh what's his name i can't well they didn't they didn't have anybody brand are you talking about brand no well it's uh what's his name he's like a oh i can't remember i'll remember afterwards of course but he's no one we can't we can't remember because he's not that remarkable we have rudy gobert who's the legitimate top three center in the nba and donovan mitchell who's a budding superstar so we're in really good shape. And if we can get a draft pick or a nice young player, like if you couldn't, that's another question is, do you think that getting Aaron Gordon is better than what draft pick you might get in this draft? Uh, well, are you that's talking the case, about maybe. Thaddeus Young? Thaddeus Young, there exactly. He was yeah. like their best player. We're not in a situation like that where our best player is a average NBA starter. Yeah, their, their in, roster was like Evan better. Turner, Thaddeus Young, and Evan Turner was supposed to be better, and he wasn't. And they had uh, Shelvin Mack and uh, <laughs> Drew Holiday, and and kudos to them because looking at it now, and people are like, "Oh man, dude, just the integrity of it." Like looking on it, and 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 people were mad because they're like, they had a strong core of Thaddeus Young and Evan Turner and Drew Holiday were turning into something. And you That's look not back a now, core, and you're though. like. Wow, that was that would have been like they would have been like an eight seed in the playoff in in the Eastern Conference for five straight years, Uh, like just like one or two games below five hundred, squeaking in and getting swept every year. That was how good that core was. 
Well, and the 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 fan base ended up embracing it, and because what it did is it actually gave them hope. Um, and that's what jazz fans should feel like. Is we have actually a lot of hope. Like Gordon mm-hmm. Hayward leaving really sucked, and it really um, set us back. And there's lots of questions of what if, like if you know we get because we would have had Donovan Mitchell and Gordon Hayward, and you know who knows what trades the Jazz might have been able to do. Like we would have had Ricky Rubio, but I don't know. It's uh, the Jazz have a lot of hope and are in a good in a good position they're gonna make a nice they're at the very worst we're gonna get a decent draft pick and and maybe a great draft pick and we have two young stars to build around yeah so we're in we're actually in really good shape Donovan it's just depressing. Mitchell really speeds up speeds up the timeline like oh he does if, for if, sure. if donovan mitchell say donovan mitchell was your average rookie like the jazz are probably like would you say like six wins fewer at this point? Yeah, I mean he's probably gotten us five or six wins, mm-hmm. and that puts us in the top three in the lottery. Yeah. Right so, now. so yeah. So that's a that's a, a a big difference. So, I mean there are good things, and if the Utah Jazz like right now, I just don't think the Utah Jazz are capable of winning on a night in night out basis, just with the personnel that's all there. And I think right now, like, I know a lot of people are like, well, I don't think people would be playing, you know, due to, you know, politics behind the locker room and all that. And I was like, yeah, they, yeah, they are. Like, at the end of the day, you, you do put your best players on the court, and your best players are mm-hmm. Favors, Gobert, Rubio, Mitchell, and Ingles. That's your best starting five right there. And, mm-hmm. and, and yeah, they're, like, it's hard. It's it's really really hard. I, I I it's hard to placate that because there might have been things that they saw in preseason or in the offseason or anything else with Dante Exum playing that they're like, this lineup really worked, this lineup really 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 worked, and they got Rubio on on the hook for a contract for two years, so they're kind of incentivized to figure out a way to get it to to happen. Like, yeah, and and he the games where Rubio's played well, we've won, pretty. You know, when he's hit his big shots, we've won the game because then the makeup of the team looks really good. But it's just three or three out of four games. He's just not he's just typical Ricky Rubio, not able to shoot. And with this roster where we don't have, you know, four shooters around him, it doesn't work. And that's just the way it is. Yeah. So that's I mean, the other good news is we'd get to see the new jerseys on January 30th. So we'll see who's in a Utah Jazz roster when that happens. <laughs> Which I'm, pro- if I would bet money, I'd say it'd be the same roster. Uh, pro- uh, yeah, I would say so too. I, like it's probably going to be the same. So with that in mind, we're going to call it for a night. So thanks for listening, y'all. Uh, be sure to follow us on SLC Dunk on Twitter and on Instagram. Follow us on SLC Dunk. Like us on Facebook, and then also subscribe to the podcast. Uh, hit us up on SoundCloud or on iTunes, and uh, you'll get to hear our beautiful voices whenever we drop a podcast. So, uh, this has been Michael, a.k.a. Milo. And this is James, Hanson James on Twitter. So, check us out. We'll see you guys later. Hopefully, there will be more wins in the meantime. Peace. We'll see, or maybe not. Bye. Bye.